Reading from the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, beginning at verse 20. Follow the footsteps of the good shepherd who suffered for others. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been looking through the first letter of Peter since Easter Sunday and doing that you've thought about what you can be thankful for and what is really important to you. Peter was writing to isolated Christians who had to do without and who were suffering. But Peter told them that they could rejoice because they had something wonderful and something that really counts and something that really lasts. Peter thought about all that God has done for his people through Jesus. And then he praised God. Today's reading uh, continues on and brings us to chapter 2. And other Bible readings today connect us to the theme of this Sunday, which is the Good Shepherd Sunday. Peter calls Jesus your Good Shepherd in this text, and that is something to praise God for. But we can't escape that this is said to people who are doing it tough. And it fits also for us going through these different times too, isolated from each other, not able to do the things you usually do, and not being able to gather together for worship as you usually do. It helps for you to hear Peter say, your good shepherd Jesus suffered for you, and so your good shepherd leads you through anything you might be going through now too. In 1 Peter 2.21 you hear this, God called you to do good even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. Now Peter is saying that God's call to you to follow him can also mean suffering. Now how can this possibly be part of your calling? If you are suffering for doing good, doesn't that mean that something is wrong? If you are suffering for doing good, doesn't that mean that something must have gone terribly wrong? After all, if you are doing good, following Jesus, trusting in Jesus, shouldn't everything be going good for you? Wouldn't that make sense? Many people can begin to feel disillusioned with God or to doubt their faith when they face suffering. Where is God when you need him? 
Why doesn't he seem to care? There's a tendency to think that following God means that everything will turn out right for me. That I'll be successful, prosperous, healthy. And if not, well then I must have done something wrong. Following Christ, even if it means suffering, how can this be possibly be part of your calling? Maybe this calling isn't what you thought it was. But wait a minute. Aren't you following Christ? Aren't you following in Christ's footsteps? footsteps? Well, just ask yourself, has Jesus been here? Has Jesus suffered before? Has he suffered for doing good? And this brings us to another challenging and perhaps puzzling thought. Would or could God suffer? You might be used to, be, uh, used to thinking of God as powerful, all-powerful. And some people focus on only seeing God in the powerful moments, the miraculous uh, events. And that convinces them that God is really God. And so what happens when the miracles don't come and the power isn't obvious, when you're not successful, when you're going through a tough time, when you're sick? The ultimate revelation of God is not that you are successful and prosperous and healthy. The ultimate revelation of God is in Jesus Christ. This is where you see into God's heart. And 1 Peter, the first letter of Peter, points you there too. Listen to what Peter writes in verse 21. Chapter 2, verse 21. Christ suffered for you. And verse 24. He himself bore our sins. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus reveals who God is and what God is like. And here you see that Jesus suffered. God is present. God is active. And God is revealing to us in Jesus' suffering what is in God's heart. That he suffers on behalf of others. When the first letter of Peter, in the first letter, Peter tells Christians to suffer even for doing good, he is asking them to do this on behalf of the ultimate truth as revealed in the cross of Christ, that God's heart is for others, that there in Christ, God's heart is for you. In Christ's suffering, you see God's heart is for you. This is the stunning claim that the heart of God is willing to enter and embrace the depths of human suffering and that he does this for you. In the birth, life and death of Jesus of Nazareth, the word made flesh, you, you see a God who is willing to suffer as you know it in the pain, the anguish, the heartache, the loneliness, the despair the isolation, all of it. Your worship and following of a saviour is worshipping and following a saviour with his scars that show his suffering. And those scars are precious to you in your suffering. When you cry out to God, you call 
and listen to the one who has walked the path of suffering. And he is a trusted guide to navigate you on the path. He's a friend who never leaves you or forsakes you. 1 Peter 2.25 directs you to this picture of God and this picture of your Lord Jesus. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. You might remember a picture of Jesus the good shepherd in front of a flock of sheep following on behind. It's a picture I remember from Sunday school and you might remember such a picture. My family at Light Pass weren't sheep farmers but we did keep a few sheep at home when I was growing up. And when we had to shift them from one paddock to another paddock, Dad would get all our kids out and we would shift those sheep and we would be at the back of those sheep shooing them and chasing them into the place that uh, they needed to go. I remember chasing sheep. They'd go in all sorts of directions. You'd work pretty hard running this way and that to get them to go in the right way. That's what I remember. I don't remember uh, leading sheep. I remember chasing sheep. But the picture of the Bible is of the good shepherd leading sheep. That is the picture I remember from those Sunday school pictures too. The shepherd out in front and the sheep coming, following behind. And that's the picture you have from the gospel today. John 10 verse 4 says, The shepherd goes ahead of them and the sheep follow because they know his voice. And later in verse 27 of the same chapter, uh, John also says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. The shepherd goes before them. He leads. He doesn't chase. And that's a very reassuring message. He's not chasing you into places where he hasn't been himself. When you're in that flock of sheep following him, wherever you go and whatever comes up, the good and the bad, the smooth and the rough, he goes ahead leading the way, having gone through it all himself. And he's taking you, leading you and the flock through it. And this is the message of Psalm 23, the psalm for today. At the start is the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. And at the end is the Lord, I will live forever in the house of the Lord. So we have the Lord at the start and we have the Lord at the end. At the end and in between we have the good and the bad times. The green pastures and the still waters and the dark valleys. But the Lord is there from start to end. The Lord is with you through it all. Sheep follow their shepherd because they know his voice. Our text says, uh, the text of, from the gospel says at least, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. John 10 verse 4. This is an incredible picture of intimacy that's largely unknown in, in, uh, uh, in Australia of, with their flocks of sheep. Because Australian flocks of sheep are usually huge numbers and some of them wander over vast stations largely out of sight of their shepherd for a lot of the year. And it wasn't like that in Jesus' day. Sheep were precious creatures like valued pets. The sheep knew their shepherd's voice and followed him. He knew each one of them by name. 
By day and by night the shepherd lived with them. He was always there for them. He would risk his life to save any of them. So sheep and shepherd together. There's a real intimacy there. And it's an incredible love when the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's a tough, putting your life on the line kind of love that Jesus has. He gets in there, in the midst of your life, and gets his hands dirty. He loves you intensely and is concerned for your total well-being at every turn in your life. He goes with you. He leads the way. It's good to go where the shepherd leads, to follow him, to follow his footsteps. And it could feel like you're on a rough track right now and maybe a dangerous place for some. But he's leading the way. He's not chasing you into some place he hasn't been. He's been through it all for you. And he's here leading the way taking you through this track you're on now. Follow in the footsteps of your good shepherd. Amen.